Hello, my name is John David Bigler, and welcome to my first ever podcast. Today, I'm joined here by Charlie O'Reilly and Liam O'Reilly. So, Charlie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, I wanted to say thank you for having me on on this uh, splendid Tuesday afternoon. But, yeah, yeah, so I'm Charlie O'Reilly. I'm a freshman at Boston College. I graduated from Springfield Catholic High School uh, last year, and I'm just now completing my first year in college so yeah and you're majoring in finance finance okay finance. how's that been for you You like it so far yeah i like it generally it's been a good experience you know really just been going through a lot of core classes right now haven't gotten into any specialization with my major so can't really comment on that yet but yeah very interesting okay, very well i'm interested to hear about your experiences as we to continue all right liam i'm gonna go ahead and introduce yourself What's happening? I'm Liam O'Reilly. I'm a sophomore at Springfield Catholic High School. My life is pretty much centered around sports, so it's been a little weird lately. All right, well, now that we've introduced our two uh, interviewees, let's go ahead and get right into it. Well, it's an honor to be here with both of you, but how about we get right into it? So today we'll be talking about the impact of this worldwide pandemic, the coronavirus. COVID-19, Rona, the novel coronavirus, or any variations of the name of this illness that seem to be inescapable in the world right now. It's nearly impossible to have a conversation where it does not make an appearance in one form or another. The virus, of course, brings a great deal of world health, cons- world health concerns, but inadvertently, it has brought the rise of many unexpected and fascinating phenomena in society. The effect had on society goes the other way too, however. COVID-19 is having a tremendous effect on societies around the world, but societies around the world are beginning to have an impact on the virus as well. Now, more specifically today, we will be discussing the impact that the virus has had on education and the impact it will have on education in years to come. Over 35 million American students are out of school right now. According to the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, as of April 14th, 188 countries around the world have closed schools nationwide, affecting over 1.5 billion learners and representing more than 91% of total enrolled learners. Meanwhile, the College Board, the organization that sponsors the SAT, has suspended all its usual spring testing days because of the health emergency. But they are saying that they are going to try and come back with more frequent, more frequent in-school testing than usual in the late summer and fall. Some universities are now not requiring those tests as a part of admission. But this also means that some of those students will miss out on the financial aid that comes along with those test scores. Students that are education majors are unable to complete their student teaching requirements, which means that there will be a shortage of teachers next year. And there are so many unknowns right now, but I can tell you that whatever happens next in the world will definitely be written about in history books in the years to come. Okay, so now that I've had a chance to kind of introduce the topic, let's bring my guests back into the discussion. Um, I want to start with a question for you, Charlie. So mm-hmm. just kind of talk about that transition that you've gone through being on campus at a college in a completely different state and uh, now back at home with kind of just quarantined at home with your family and kind of what's that what that's been like going trying to learn and go through a college courses you know and how hard that's been for you yeah so that kind of before I get into it I need to go into some backstory with my situation so 
Boston College is a Jesuit Catholic school, so we had an early spring break, meaning okay. the first week of March. Okay. And so that week I spent at home with my family. And yeah. then I think it was Sunday of early March, I can't remember the exact date, of when I finally got back to Boston. Mm-hmm. And then it was as soon as that Wednesday that we were told that we were no longer oh, going to so be. so you weren't even there for like more than a week of school before mm-hmm. you got sent back home. Wow. Yeah, okay. it, was only, it was only around three days, but... Yeah, so we had to spend the next couple of days moving out early. And really, the, the whole experience was completely unexpected because yeah. I went into moving back to to BC after spring break fully intending to finish out the semester there and not and, returning back home. And did BC mandate that all students left, or did they say that you could stay in your dorm? And No, it was, it was hard. Mandated. It was mandated. It was that Everybody. Sunday, that next Sunday, everyone had to be off campus, unless if they were an international student and they had prior arrangements. Other than that, you had to be off campus. Wow, so you and they were strict. get out of there quick. Yeah, they had the entire campus on lockdown. Security was roaming. Mm-hmm. The resident advisors, the senior and upperclassmen that live on our floors for the freshman freshman dorms, they were heavily patrolling at night, trying to keep away any uh, people wanting to engage in you know illicit activities, yeah. as is common in most college scenarios. Yeah. So it was a very unique time. But uh-huh. following that, I went home and had immediately had to go into a mandated quarantine with my family. Mm-hmm. So it went from being around purely college type kids and professors to you know only around my family and in a very short amount of time and all of that was completely unexpected yeah, so so do you have to take every single class that you were taking at bc now online yes online but most bc and most other schools made it uh an option to where you can do as many classes as you want pass fail okay. meaning that you get the credit for that course if you pass but it doesn't count negatively on your GPA if you got, say, like a C or a D. Okay, so a pass is just being above a what? Uh, I, think, I think around like a 75. Okay, so as like long that. as you're above a 75, it's not going to affect your GPA at all. Yep, and you get credit okay. for the course. So that was very nice to take yeah. the pressure off of a lot of people mm-hmm. and something that I've used in my own academics for sure. I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to do pass-fail in one of my classes, if not multiple. So Okay, yeah. So let's uh, let's transition to Liam. Liam, if you want to talk about just kind of the transition, it's it's been since going to school, waking up at seven o'clock every morning, getting ready, getting in the shower, getting in the car, rushing to school, and being kind of in that environment with every class, eight to three every day, and now going to online where you don't really have to wake up at a certain time. You kind of can just do whatever. It feels like you're doing other things all day. You're not really focused on school. How has that been for you, and what's that like? as a high school versus the college viewpoint? Uh, for me personally, it's not been too hard, but all the assignments and stuff are normally in one spot in the classroom, so it's not that hard to check. Yeah. And then the teachers are pretty easy to come in contact with and normally answer pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any classes that you are required to meet at a certain time or tests that you've taken so far that have... I do. I've had a couple tests in various classes that uh, have required us to join like a Zoom meeting and they watch us take our test. It's kind of an interesting yeah. way to do it. A weird. But I guess it's what we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. And then also I have a scheduled Zoom class for my chemistry, and we meet every other day on an A day. And do you meet the same time you would have in school, or is it? Well, it's depending on family time, but it's at yeah. 2. So it's, it's my fifth box class. So. Okay, so they usually try and meet the same times. Now, would you say that school has been easier since you've transitioned to online courses, or has it become harder to communicate with teachers and so on? Um, I wouldn't say 
easier. It's definitely been different. It just it depends on the class. Some classes yeah. I would say have gotten harder, mm-hmm. but mostly, uh, you know, communicating with teachers has been pretty easy. The normal Shooting answer pretty fast. Right? Just emailing them and. Mm-hmm. Doing a little private comment action on a classroom. Yeah. Now, Springfield Catholic's on a A, B kind of block schedule. So you have five classes one day and then five totally different classes another day. And on a normal school day, would you say that you would receive homework in all ten of those classes? Or is it usually just about, like, two of the five each day? And so it's not as hard versus now. What's that like? Um, I'd say probably... There's normally an assignment for every day. So a lot of the teachers will go off of, like, if it's an A day, then they'll post an assignment, and they give you at least a couple of days to do it. So mm-hmm. it's like a normal school day, so it's not too bad. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. That's and that's, that's the same for online. You've kind of had the same schedule with homework about when it's due. You kind of get more days to yeah, get it in. Sometimes if it's, like a, day. if it's, like, a classwork kind of deal that sometimes I'll make it do like later that day but a lot of times yeah. it's just like a homework yeah kinda. I bet that's been hard for a lot of teachers when their class is mainly just kind of in-class discussion and things you do in class how they have to make that now an assignment for their kids to do by a certain time period so Charlie I never asked you would you say that it's become easier um now that you've transitioned to online courses and has it become harder to communicate with your teachers especially now that you're states and miles and miles away from professors oh yeah absolutely it's been so difficult communicating with professors but really the coursework for me personally hasn't been that difficult you know i went from level i'd say even a little less generally because i mean i went from having you know my 15 credit semester where i was doing full coursework to now kind of getting a watered down version of that almost because you don't have the you don't have the in-class uh, dynamic with your professor anymore you can't talk to them after class in person you, it's all yeah. through email usually mm-hmm. and not many of my teachers really do zoom most of them just send pre-recorded lectures to us yeah. so that so all do you, do you feel that also. the the level of teaching you're receiving is equal to the level of teaching that you would have received in person no i don't think so not yeah. not at all so do and you think, do you think that people should be reimbursed for like tuition or those kinds of things absolutely yeah absolutely i understand that it places a financial strain on a lot of these institutions but yeah. it's kind of ridiculous especially at a school like boston college where the semester tuition is 35 grand to expect you know low-income po- impoverished kids to be paying their full price for you know half the experience that they're getting because yeah, exactly. college is so much more than just the material it's you know, living on campus, the community, having events, mm-hmm, exactly. having connections, having your professors talk to you, being able to give mock interviews and try to figure out where you want to do and what you want to uh, proceed in your life with. Mm-hmm. So I really think it's absurd that they're expecting kids to pay for full tuition still after all of this. Yeah. And yeah, I, agree. I don't I, think... Has Boston, um, Boston College talked about that at all, if they will be reimbursing students? They said or... they're not going to be reimbursed. They are going to for the room and board that we missed out okay. on. So if any meals that or... makes sense, yeah. With living situation, since which makes not, sense, but, yeah, you know, still full price for the, the school part of it. Yeah. And okay. I say that lightly. Now, I mentioned earlier that some schools are now not requiring placement tests like the ACT or the SAT. Does that... Uh, make you mad or kind of seem unfair that you and a lot of other students were pretty much required to take those tests and now students nowadays won't be required to mm-hmm. yeah no i it, not so mad more just kind of envious because yeah. those standardized tests i feel like they aren't really a great barometer of ability in mm-hmm. students i think that there's a yeah. lot more than just you know 
filling in bubbles that goes into learning and yeah. applying that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the system in the first place, but I, I understand. I mean, they have to keep, you know, social distancing guidelines in order. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just wish there was a way for these schools to look past purely standardized scores, which I think some of them are attempting to do during this unusual time. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I want to thank both of you for being here with me today. As we can see, the coronavirus has played a major role in all of our lives, and it looks like it will continue to in the future. Thanks for listening, and I hope you all enjoyed my first ever podcast.